Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. George Saunders. How his writing advice changed my life. Hey, people. This is Gabe Hudson, and this is my podcast, Kurt Vonnegut Radio. And today I want to talk to you about my writing hero, George Saunders. George Saunders once gave me some writing advice that changed my life. So I want to share George's writing advice with you. Maybe it'll change your life too. But before I get into George Saunders and his transformative writing advice, first I want to say a deep thank you for all your feedback on our recent Kurt Vonnegut episode. Heck, even fave cultural icon John Cusack tweeted out about my post last week on Kurt Vonnegut. Yes, John Cusack reads my Substack, or at least he read one post, hopefully more. Hi, John. If you didn't see it on the timeline, this is what John Cusack tweeted out about my Substack post last week. This is just awesome. Thank you. And then he quoted a whole big chunk from my Substack post about Kurt Vonnegut. Also, an announcement. My guest this week on the podcast, my author guest, is Andrew Leland. You can hear the roar of applause in the back. That's right. This Tuesday, look for a new episode to drop where I talk to beloved author Andrew Leland, whose new memoir, The Country of the Blind, a memoir at the end of sight, pubs this week. The New Yorker ran a fabulous excerpt from Andrew's memoir this week called How to Be Blind. Now, Andrew Leland is legally blind, and we have a fun and open-hearted convo about his experiences in blind communities across America, his recent Radio Lab piece, where he joined a crew of disabled people in a training program for astronauts, the meaning of the word disability, how to be an ally to blind people, and what it's like to write a piece of journalism for The New Yorker. Now, on to the main show. My George Saunders story about how his writing advice changed my life and might change yours. Okay, very quickly, for anyone who might not know, George Saunders is the national treasure author of many award-winning books and dozens of short story masterpieces that routinely appear in The New Yorker. But the term short story doesn't really do what George Saunders does justice. Saunders writes prose miracles that will haunt you to your grave. And I mean that in the best possible way. There's nothing short about his stories. After you read a George Saunders story, it will tower over everything else in your mind. Also, Saunders has a fantastic substack called Story Club with George Saunders that I highly recommend that you sign up for. MFA Days 1998. I first met George Saunders at Brown University in 1998. I was in the I was in the MFA program. And Ben Marcus, who was on faculty at Brown, invited George to campus as a distinguished guest lecturer and instructor for a few days. 
If you'll recall from my previous post about Cormac McCarthy, Ben Marcus was also my first writing teacher at the University of Texas at Austin. And for what it's worth, Ben is a virtuosic short story writer also, and you should go read his astonishing collection, Leaving the Sea. Back to 1998. By this point, George's landmark first book of stories, Civil Warland and Bad Decline, had taken the literary world by storm. The word of mouth on this book was the gale force wind. If you read Saunders' debut collection, you couldn't help but sing its praises to anyone in earshot. I think this is the mark of a great book, one that causes its readers to break out into song. And for me personally, Saunders' first book was a revelation. Reading his short stories electroshocked my cold, dead heart back to life. In the aftermath of reading that book, it felt amazing to be alive, to be trying to figure out how to become a writer. George's weird, American, spectacular vernacular. And when Saunders burst on the scene, his voice was buck wild and emotionally devastating and funny AF. And in his own deranged and heartfelt way, Saunders seemed to be arguing that we, the people, needed to double down on our shared humanity before it was too late. His character spoke in this techno-futurist everyman slang, which possessed the intensity of poetry. Like, for instance, check out how Saunders weds the lyric and the colloquial in the opening of the story, The Wavemaker Falters, from his first collection. George Saunders writes, Halfway up the mountain, it's the center for wayward nuns, full of sisters and other religious personnel who have become doubtful. Once, a few of them came down to our facility in stern suits and swam cautiously. The singing from up there never exactly knocked your socks off. It's very conditional singing, probably because all the doubt. George's stories transform you. You are not the same person you were before you read them. George Saunders' story is like a car wash for your soul. You start off reading a George Saunders short story laughing your ass off, and by the time you get to the end, you have a lump in your throat, and your eyes are all wet. Pinching myself. George freaking Saunders. So in 1998, Saunders visits our MFA program. We'd sent him excerpts of our writing weeks before. Hey Gabe, says George, been looking forward to meeting you. They got me set up in an office back there. You ready? We're in Blistine House, which was home to the university's creative writing program. Saunders, gotta go tea. Seems young in spirit. Rocking some motorcycle boots. It's a little bit of swagger. But dude is profoundly kind. I instantly like him. But I also think you'd have to be a real psychopath not to like George. George drops jewels, drops knowledge. Back in his office, we get to work. George breaks out my manuscript and walks me through his edits. Super gracious, smart, charming. I laugh at all his jokes. And while I might be a little bit disappointed that he hasn't started ranting about what a stone-cold genius I am, I am also equally relieved that he hasn't called me out for being the fake poser writer and talentless hack I sometimes believe myself to be. He does seem to like my work even laughs a couple times. At the end of our conference, I ask him some follow-up questions to some stuff he said during the critique. George looks at me and says, 
look, you're obviously a brilliant young writer and you're going to have a career and do impressive stuff. But, and then he says, there's one concept he wants me to focus on in my writing. And that is the heart is in conflict with itself. Let me say it again for you. The heart is in conflict with itself. George tells me that a character's heart must be in conflict with itself. And as soon as he says this, light bulbs go off in my head. And I think about how this is true in all of his stories. He says that he's a big believer in Faulkner's old chestnut. Quote, the only thing worth writing about is the human heart in conflict with itself. End quote. Characters must be torn by at least two contradictory impulses. And we, the reader, must feel that character's struggle. So there I am, stunned by what Saunders has just told me. The heart is in conflict with itself. My mind is vibrating like a tuning fork. And on a conscious level, I know I'll have to study this idea some more so I can understand it. But on another level, I already know that George's words are among the truest things that any human being has ever said to me. More George magic. So I'm just sitting there. I pull out my copy of Civil War Land and Bad Decline and ask him to sign it. He grabs a pen and starts scribbling in the book. And I walk out of that meeting floating on air. Not because of the nice stuff he said about my writing, but because he shared so many inspiring ways to rethink my writing. Particularly the thing about the heart being in conflict with itself. Because the more I thought about it, the more it seemed like some sort of cosmic key that unlocked a deep truth about the human condition. And when I got home, I opened the book and I read George's inscription. George wrote, Hi Gabe, it was a great pleasure to meet you and your work. You hereby owe me one copy of your first book signed. Keep in touch, George. And he had underlined the word, your in that sentence, you hereby owe me one copy of your first book signed. Did I cry a little when I read that? Of course. One of my superpowers is I cry easily when something moves me. You hereby owe me one copy of your first book signed. It is impossible to convey what those words meant to me over the next couple of years how they became a compass for me to navigate my life by, and still are, and that I try to show other aspiring writers and writers this same generosity of spirit. So then what happened? Fast forward to 2002. For George, I write on the title book of my first book, Dear Mr. President, on the title page of my first book, Dear Mr. President. And in this inscription, I remind George that when he signed my copy of his first book in Providence, he had written, you hereby owe me one copy of your first book signed. And so this is my George Saunders story about how his writing advice and insight on the human heart changed my life. Because I don't think there's a chance in hell I could have written my first book without Saunders explaining to me how a character's heart needs to be in conflict with itself. And I've tried to pay it forward 
by teaching this idea about the human heart to my students at Princeton University, Brown University, Yonsei University in Seoul, and most recently, Columbia University. And I'd like to believe there's not a single student I've worked with who couldn't tell you what the heart is in conflict with itself means. Because the heart being in conflict with itself is the secret engine that powers the story. Thank you. Thank you, George. And just wrapping things up, if you want to be in touch with me, reach out on Twitter at Gabe Hudson. You know, you know, I'm there. If you're on threads, I am at Gabe G Hudson, Instagram, ditto. And if you want to help out the podcast, you can go to Apple podcast app or Spotify and rate and review the show. Those have a profound impact on the well-being of the show because the more reviews there are, the more the algorithm shows it to other people so that they can discover the show and come be a part of it. So that's going to do it. Peace.